The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. We have some bad hombres here and we're going to get them out. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Derek, depending for your thoughts. This morning, I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with. And so I just decided to myself, I'd hide it to myself. What is he doing? Tom Cruise, Top Gun, 1986. Derek, don't. I think I love you. Don't do this. I think I love you. Isn't that what life is made of? Welcome, everybody. It's another horror hookup brought to you by Friday the 13th horror podcast uh you've got andrew here here's maddie hi and we want to explain a little bit about our um audio because it's gonna be a little different than what your guys are used to um and that's just because of covid19 and um, we are just practicing our 14 day social distancing from each other just to make sure everything's fine but that doesn't stop us from bringing you some great audio and some great content andrew it doesn't at all um so without further ado our special guest today is none other than jerry o'connell jerry how are you what is up how are you fellas thank you so much for having me jerry it's like a dream having you on the show right now we're so happy you have no no idea come on (laughs) the honor is all mine and honestly i i've run out of excuses to come on your show i mean like there's no excuse i can make over these next 14 days that we're all in ISO. We um, have, like, have you we guys have... rewatched Quarantine like everyone else? Yeah. <laughs> I think the uh, other popular movie is Contagion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, right, right. I, I, th- I think it was Contagion. That, I, that's I watched the one that Contagion. Up. I watched Contagion last week and I told Andrew and he was like, why? Why did you do that? <laughs> and um, I, for once, I agreed with him. It made sense. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> You know, I haven't quite watched it just because it's on the news and everything, but I wonder if this is going to make for a bunch of films about pandemics or if it's going to be the last thing everybody wants to see after this is all over. Right. It's a great question. It's a great question. I, I bet we'll probably see some films that sort of touch around it. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily going straight through to that subject, but how can we talk about it without actually talking about it, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, it may be something that, um, you know, we all want to forget when this is all over. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, I, I just don't know. If I had the answer to that, I'd be uh, I'd be a big time uh, 
horror producer. <laughs> uh, so, Jerry, we were introduced to you by way of Twitter, and when we featured you on one of our like hashtag Fine Fridays for the Scream series, yeah. where we we named you the hottest person in the Scream series. Um, it was um, such an honor, guys. I swear to you, it was such an honor. I mean, I still uh, I'm still blushing. I haven't I haven't won a lot of things in my life. I won a <laughs> raffle at my kids' preschool, but that was. Um, that was one of my greatest honors. Thank you so much for it. <laughs> what was your reaction to seeing, um, you know, a, 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 a gay horror film podcast <laughs> tagging you in a in a in a post? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was. I, I got to tell you, I was. I was. Well, first of all, a couple things you should know about me. I grew up um, in Chelsea, New York. Um, for those who don't know, um, this is in the 1980s. It was a very gay area. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of fun. I had a lot of uncles in my building. Uh, Halloween was especially fun. <laughs> um, and um, uh, it was a really fun environment to grow up in. Um, it did get a little sad in the 80s, um, what with the AIDS crisis, yeah. um, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. This is actually not the first pandemic I've been through yeah. in my lifetime, really. Um, that AIDS crisis in the 80s, especially in my neighborhood, um, it really swept through my neighborhood, fellas. It was really, uh, it was a dark um, few years, you know, wow. a lot of visits to St. Vincent's Hospital, which was our local hospital. And, um, you know, in the beginning of the AIDS crisis, um, uh, I mean, people died immediately. There was no idea. There was no clue what it was, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't until like sort of earlier in the 90s with the silence equals death movement and all that stuff that um, that um, uh, there was more of an awareness. Um but um, yeah, it was it, it was an honor to be uh, featured, you know. And I didn't really, I mean, I guess like looking back, I think it was that scene in Scream Two where I'm up on the crucifix, sort of yeah. naked, basically. Um, and um, I, I mean, uh, I I, uh, I, I it, it was fun to sort of uh, to sort of see the photo again and everything. I mean, guys, <laughs> you, you got to remember too that was twenty. That was 22 years ago now that right. film came out. That's a while ago, man. Oh, yeah, so, for it's sure. It's almost like looking at a high school photo, you know? Oh, my God. Just insane. Just insane. So, Jerry, too, um, thinking back even further than 22 years ago, um, thinking back all the way to 1986, when you scored your first major role in Stand By Me, which is one of my favorite films of all time, number one, and number two, directed by Rob Reiner, and number three, of course, right. from Stephen King. Um, you yeah, so... by the way, it has a horror connection written by Stephen yes. King, you know? Yeah, exactly. So you were so young. I mean, how old were you then, actually? I was 11. Um, wow. They had an open audition that I went to, and I got a callback, and then I got another callback, and then I got another callback, and there was a guy in my neighborhood, a guy named Blake Brocksmith, um, huh. who was a, you know, a guy who lived by himself. My mom gave him the script. He was an actor in our neighborhood, and my mom gave him the sides. That's what you call like the, the scenes that you audition with, the, the acting sides. And I practiced with him for like a week or two, and then um, I went in and auditioned and got it. And wow. you know, nobody thought it was going to be – nobody thought that movie was ever going to come out even you know it was like yeah. a small independent movie but i mean here we are you know three decades later talking about it so did you ever when you were on set did steven ever visit the set ever did you ever get a no. chance to meet him? yeah he never visited the set i've i've actually never met him oh really um 
Yeah, I've I've never met him. I'm a huge fan of his work. Um, I mean, it's well, really funny. Uh, uh, you know, I, I it's funny. The first book I really realized the power of literature. I'd say I, I was a little bit of. Um, you know, I really didn't read that much when I was in high school. I'm sorry to say I shouldn't be admitting that out loud, but I was like kind of a little bit of a jock. You know, I was, um, you know, I read uh, I read a lot of cliff notes. Um, for those who don't know what that is, sort of before the Internet, that summarized any they were yellow. book you were assigned in like English class. It was, yeah, it was, it was black and yellow, the, 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 the covers. And they did basically tell you everything that you needed to talk about in class. But um, I remember... Um, I think for school, I think an English teacher that really liked me um, told me I should read The Shine. Oh, no, we. Uh, this is how cool my uh, English teacher was. Oh, man, he actually passed of uh, of AIDS. So oh, sad. Yeah. Dr. Longo. Um, and he had us read um, He had us read The Shining. And that was like really the first adult bo- fiction book I had wow. read in high school. And I remember reading it and thinking, you can't. And I know the the movie The Shining is great, and everybody says, um, you know, there's a big argument whether it's better than the book, all that stuff. But I remember um, I had seen The Shining as a film, but I remember reading the book and thinking, wow, they couldn't capture how good this book is in the film. Mm. I mean, it's impossible. This is something only the medium of literature. And then I became a pretty voracious Stephen King reader after that. Oh, wow. Um, uh, it, um, I I just love him. He's, he's so great. I really... Um, I've been reading a lot of his short stories, too, as of late. Um, oh, man, I forget the, the name. He's got two books of collection of short stories. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I think like it's like a Skeleton Crew. and Right, um, Skeleton Crew, and there's one more. Um, but um, it's really fun to read his short stories because I sort of feel a sort of link to it because Stand By Me was a short story and a, yeah. a, a book that he wrote called uh, – uh, um, a, a, a book called Different Seasons, which was four separate novellas. Which mm-hmm. One of them was called The Body, which was later Stand By Me. Yeah. The other one was Apt Pupil, which was the uh, Ian McKellen yes. movie. Um, the other and, one was and, Shawshank and Bra- Redemption. And Brad Renfro, rest in peace. Love Brad Renfro. R- yes. Um, the other one was Shawshank Redemption, I believe. Mm-hmm. Am I right in saying that? I think you so. Are. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. You, are, you are correct. And then there was one more story that I always forget. I should, I should God, it's, it's crazy to think how much of his work has been adapted. It's insane. Oh man, he's just—it's uh, just—it's just so great, you know. It's so funny. He didn't come to the set of Stand By Me. We're going to keep this real inside horror because he was directing Maximum Overdrive. Oh God! <laughs> oh my God, that's insane. I, and I remember me saying uh, to Rob Reiner when we were rehearsing, is Stephen King going to come? And he went, no, he's directing Maximum Overdrive. And I remember going to the theaters and going to see Maximum Overdrive. God. I think because it came out before Stand By Me came out, because Stand By Me ran out of money, and then they had to raise money to re-release it. And believe it or not, Norman Lear, the famed television producer, um, put up the extra money for Stand By Me to get released. It's and amazing. I remember going to see Maximum Overdrive and thinking, "Oh, this is this is what Stephen King was doing when we were doing." 
Like, and hey, by the way, I loved. Hey, by the way, before you snicker, I loved Maximum Overdrive. Man, oh, that thing. No, no, sure, sure. I have a ton of fun with that movie. Attacking people, I was all into that movie. Come on. Oh, I have a ton of fun with that. That movie was everything. What's What's crazy to hear from what you just said, though, honestly, is like, imagine if Stand by Me had never come out. Like, it is such a seminal part of, like, now, I, I truly believe, like, American film history. It's an incredible film. Like, performances from young actors that were, like, really never seen before. It was incredible stuff. Like, I'm so glad that Norman Lear came through in the end with that money, because if we did not have that movie, um, I don't know. History would be different. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, Jerry, I, um, oh, oh, and uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm just no, on my computer. Please, please. The fourth story in different seasons was the breathing method. Oh, I don't know if I know that one. I know um, I've read that book, but I, it's been so long. A Manhattan lawyer. Uh, oh, and they did make a film out of it. They, they did make it? a film out of it. Huh? Um, it's called the breathing method. Huh? Oh, I'll have to look that up. It's been announced. Oh, sorry. It was never oh, made. 20, it was oh, never, <laughs> never whoops. Wow. Well, we speak it into existence, and here we are. Right? Um, so, Jerry, on Friday the 13th, you know, we don't, we don't only talk about the horrors in movies. We also like to talk about the horrors in real life. And in a recent episode, we talked a lot about body positivity and about how, you know, both me and Maddie were both, you know, grew up being the, you know, quote unquote husky kids. Both, you know, went through our own struggles with weight. And in Stand By Me, you were kind of seen as, as the husky kid. And did that have any effect on your like Hollywood pressures or, you know, like with your own kind of like body positivity? Um, you know, I, I, it's funny. I do, uh, when I was a teenager, I, after Stand By Me, I sort of went through puberty and I just got tall and, um, I, I was no longer husky, but you know, when I was a teenager, it did sort of bother me that people would you know call me the the fat kid from stand by me i do remember Mm -hmm. that um annoying me um and it wasn't until i went to college that um i sort of embraced it i i you know people were i had a group of friends i went to nyu and i had a group of friends who were sort of convincing early on like man i can't believe you were in that movie and i i realized it was something to be proud of not something to um think of as sort of an annoyance you know yeah um uh but um uh in terms of body positivity i get i get you know what i mean now in the day of social media i would never ever comment or i i personally never comment on anyone's physical appearance i think basically because between the ages of 12 and um 18 it really bothered me when people would call me fat kid from stand by me so i would never I would never, I mean, I don't even, I, I have to tell you, I've, I've trained myself to never even notice or see um, physical appearance. It's just mm-hmm. not something I, I, I clock. And I think it's because it did, um, you know, I, I mean, it, 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 it definitely annoyed me. Yeah, that's something that you that you noticed and that you took heed. It's and something that I noticed, and I try not to practice it ever. You know. Yeah, that's great. I love yeah, that. But then again, I mean, I don't think people were being rude. I just think it's how people communicate or see people. You know, I mean, it's funny when Stand by Me came out. I was twelve, yeah. and the average age of people going to see it were you know sixteen 
to, you know, 70. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a 12-year-old kid movie. So a lot of my peers didn't really see it. So what would happen is older high school kids would say, hey, you were the fat kid in that movie. You know, it's just, I, I don't want to say it's, I don't want to call it bullying. It's just, I think, how older kids talk to younger kids, you know? Yeah, it's and a product was, of the generation, uh, I was in junior too. High, I was in junior high, and there was a high school a couple blocks away, and the high school would let out the same time the junior high would, and there would be interaction between high school kids and junior high kids. And, you know, it wasn't bull. I don't want to call it bullying. It was just like the high school kids would razz the, the younger kids, and there was a group sure. of high school kids that would always call me the the fat kid from Stand By Me, and you can't really retaliate because they're, you know, four years older than you. And um, I, 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 I remember it annoying me. Well, and it's, it's interesting to think about the film in general. I mean, think about Lardass, for example. I mean, like, the revenge that Lardass gets on everybody for making fun of him for being fat and for the whole boom right. baba thing that, you know, for me as a kid, because I was a fat kid, and hearing boom baba reverberated with me for years. Truly did. Right. Like, I mean, it, like, it, it does annoy me a, when... Yeah. It, it, it does annoy me when when uneducated horror people come up to me and ask me if I was lardass and stand by me. Oh Jesus! Do they really do that to you? Yeah, that 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 that, that does annoy me. That's answered with a quick no and a and a and a brisk walk away. Yeah, see, see you <laughs> fucking later, dude. And like, and if that's all, if that's all that they're taking away from you know the lesson of that story. You know, I think people like you. sort of. You know, I think it's also sort of fun. Like, uh, this is another part of this is another thing that I sort of come completely ignore i think it's fun for people to come up it's almost like people have a camp photo of you from when you were a kid yeah, you know sure. and it's like hey you were fat back in camp mm-hmm. uh, I, I i remember when you were fat back in camp and people sort of know that and they go you were the fat kid from stand by me and they think it's a joke and it's um it's just annoying and it's um it is it's really commenting on people's physical look i don't want to start to cry on this podcast but i mean <laughs> like you know it's just it's uh, i i there is a nerve that it touches on me. I never react to it. Um, it's uh, you guys started talking about it, so, we'll, so so I'll talk about it with you. But it's something I yeah. rarely even. I, I don't even think about it. You know. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And also, speaking of bodies, <laughs> maybe turning on a more positive note here, yours was on full display in Screen Two on that crucifix, <laughs> where you played Derek Sidney Prescott's ill-fated beau. So for you, <laughs> spoiler I mean, alert. Yeah, so, you know, this is 22 years ago, but, you know, being part of really what is one of the most revered horror franchises out there, what has that been like? You know, it was super exciting at the time because I, you know, I was in Stand By Me. I really wasn't in much after that. Um, I started to work a little bit as a young, I, you know, I, in college, I started to do a bunch of commercials. And then my commercial agent was like, you should start to do some more they call it scripted stuff. So like TV. So I started the audition for TV and I got a TV pilot called sliders uh, uh. for Fox. And, um, I did that. Bless you. And I did that. And, um, bless you. And, um, <laughs> uh, and then I got a, um, and then I got an audition for, Oh, and then I uh, did Jerry Maguire, which is a big hit mm-hmm. that movie. And then I was, I think I had just moved to LA and I, one of my first auditions was Scream 2. Wow. And I had to go meet, um, um, Julie Pleck who wrote it 
and a guy named Richard Potter who wrote it, and Wes Craven, wow. and um, uh, our producers, um, Kathy Conrad, and Marianne Madalena. These were all like um, people who worked around Wes Craven, who was obviously um, immensely talented. And um, I auditioned for that a couple times and got that. And when I got on that set, that was so exciting because it was all young, hot Hollywood. It was like sort of like the brat. It was like our brat pack of the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And um, I really had felt like I had arrived, like I was the cool kid, you know, like, or I was invited to the cool kid party. I'm still very friendly with David Arquette. I'm still very friendly with Jamie Kennedy. Um, uh, it's really fun. Uh, I mean, in passing, I see Courtney Cox a bunch. Um, I don't really see Nev Campbell anymore. Um, but um, that was uh, that was a really fun. It was just I, I felt. I felt like I was invited to the cool kids lunch lunch table. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. How did you feel about having to uh stand up on cafeteria tables and 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 sing out in that movie? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I mean, the true story is they had another song that I was supposed to sing. I'm trying to remember what the song was. Um Oh man, they had some other song I was supposed to sing. Was that your idea I, I, to I then totally to forget. do the other song? No, no, no. It was not my idea, but they didn't want to buy the rights to the other song. They were too expensive. Gotcha. So I think I love you was, I think more affordable. I think don't, don't quote me on that. I'm guessing (laughs) they couldn't obtain the rights to the first song. So I had memorized the first song, but that second song, I only had a couple of days to memorize. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm 46. So David Cassidy, was it one of the Cassidy's? Sean Cassidy, Mm -hmm. David Cassidy. And, um, David Cassidy sang it. That, that was a little before my time. You know, that was like one generation right before me. It was from the 70s. I was born in 74. So I had to buy, I mean, this is how long ago this was. I had to buy the CD and I played it in my car. We shot in Atlanta and I played it in my car every time I drove to work. And I just practiced singing it on my way to work. And, um, you know, up until that point, I had done like karaoke and stuff I, I you know i knew i had to sort of own that scene and sort of jump on tables yeah. and sort of do it it was the only way it was going to work out and mm-hmm. um it's yeah. it's funny i think it really uh, uh i think it really worked out i didn't want to make it too too polished you know i mean uh, by the way i'm not polished i mean that's about as good <laughs> as i can sing it it does annoy me occasionally on Twitter. I get tagged in a photo where people write, "Oh, such a cringeworthy scene! I can't believe it. It's so annoying." And like, I mean, I think it's supposed to be a little like cringeworthy. Um, I mean, you can see it, it in your face when you when you go to do it that you even the character is like, "What am I about to do?" But this is what I'm right. doing. <laughs> right, right, right. But it's um, really fun to do. Oh, and the guy who puts the dollar. Oh, and the guy who puts the dollar in my pants. I had just graduated college. I graduated college the year before when I did that. Um. By the way, I'm pretty sure I'm the only cast member who went to college of that cast. <laughs> wow. I don't. I don't think that. I think they had all like not. None of them had had university experience. But I went. To, what did you um, study in college? I I studied screen. I studied dramatic writing at NYU Tisch. Awesome. And anyway, so that guy who put the dollar in my pants, if, if if you remember, that was a good buddy of mine named John Beam, because we shot in Atlanta, who I knew in college. He was one of my closest friends in college, and he moved to Atlanta after college, and I hung out with him a lot. Um, 
you know, we were, I mean, I was like 22, oh, wow. 23. And, you know, that's like, you know, when you're that age, you just sort of go out every night after work. You know, yeah. now I go home and like all I do is sleep. But like we went out every single night in Atlanta. That was another thing is that like the whole cast and I, we all went out every night. It was such a fun. I mean, literally like at work, we'd be a little slow for the first few hours in the morning. And then we'd start to talk about where we were going that night. It was a really fun time. Oh, my God. But anyway, fun. that guy who put the dollar in my pants is a guy named John Beam. He's a really good friend of mine. <laughs> and we really have a, a big laugh about that because he's not an actor at all. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Awesome. Um, any memories from uh, from working with Wes Craven now that, uh, you know, he sadly he's passed? He was but... really, he's an amazing filmmaker, that Wes Craven. God rest his soul. He was so calm and cool and knew exactly what he wanted and was able to tell stories. It's so funny. You know, a lot of times now, um, because there's no more film in cameras, everything's sort of filmed digitally and cameras are smaller. And, um, you know, back then I think we only had at a, at a maximum three cameras on set, maybe two cameras at any wow. given time. And now you can have three, four cameras rolling at the same time. Cause they're basically small cameras are the size of people's hands, you know? Yeah. And, um, he just knew precisely what he wanted with the camera and how he was going to tell a story. And he was just the best, man. He was just such a cool cat. I really enjoyed his presence and his energy. And he was just so confident with a camera. He was so confident. I mean, he was almost like, he was like, uh, almost like a, like a, like a, like a, like a Royal, like he just had this presence about him. Such a nice man. It's so funny. I just went out to um, drinks and dinner with the guy who shot that, a guy named Peter Deming. He's a famous um, director of photography. He does a lot of David Lynch's stuff. And we were just like reminiscing about what a cool cat he was. Wow. That's really, really cool. And it, taking it back even just a little bit further, and you, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, um, Jerry, but uh, Andrew and I, both huge fans of Sliders. We absolutely loved that show. Um, huh. it, was on, it was on the air. If people listening right now aren't familiar, it was on the air from like '95 to '99. Um, today is the. I mean, we're, this is not going to air for a couple of days, but today yeah. um, is the 25th anniversary of that show airing. No way! Crazy? Is it seriously? Yeah, I swear to you. Somebody just oh got touched me on Instagram and, and let me know. Well, that's some uh, some good marketing here for us too. That's absolutely perfect. Um, so I know that you're yeah, on you, TV. Oh, I'm sorry, you, go ahead. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to live tweet. We're we're going to do like a rewatch tonight at 5 p.m. Yes. I'm going to oh do it with them. Fantastic. Of the pilot. Also, that's amazing. My hair is going to be crazy. Huh? <laughs> so we know that you had other TV roles before that. But what was it like going from movie role to movie role and then all of a sudden playing leading man on a series? Um, it was, uh, it's so funny. I never really felt like a leading man. I think because, um, I had a very close relationship with my co-star, John Reese Davies, who Ugh. is a famous actor. You can look it up. He's in Indiana Jones. He's in all the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, I really sort of became his apprentice on that show. I hung out with him a lot. Um, I commuted with him to work. We drank a lot together. We ate all the time together we had a really fun time I'd, we'd go out to nightclubs together um we shot in vancouver i have to tell you i never really felt like a leading man i felt like john reese davis's apprentice and i still do whenever he calls me up i um <laughs> so i can't tell you i really like took the reins as a leading man i really uh 
I really studied under him. Wow, that's amazing. One of the things that we love about you too, Jerry, is your humility. And um, you were definitely our leading man. We love Jonathan Reese Davis for sure too, like without a doubt. The show was just so good. I remember, I remember, I mean, I was in middle school when that came out and I remember watching it with my mom frequently. And I remember one of my teachers in seventh grade also really loved it. And I remember talking to her about it a lot too. Well, so, you know, what's funny is, um, it's, first of all, it was a great show. You know, they were trying to reboot it, but we can't get in touch with our crazy creator, a guy named Tracy Torme. He's such a nutty, he's like in hiding. I don't know what his deal is, man. He's actually Mel Torme's son. No way. Yeah. And he was a really brilliant guy. He was a little wacky. He got married and then divorced immediately. Huge wedding. Huh. Huh. And then he's like, you know, it's so funny. John Reese Davies was calling me up about like a reboot and like taking a couple meetings and everything. And I was like, dude, I cannot get in touch with Tracy Torme at all. He, the guy's like in hiding. Huh. I, I hope he's alive. Tracy Torme, we're looking for you. So come out, baby. We need you. Yeah, man. I, I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, if they were, if they're rebooting Alf, like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, which I'm um, also looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if they're rebooting Punky Brewster, Sliders doesn't get a shot. Um, yeah, right. It's time. We need Sliders. But, um, um, yeah, no, we, I, I, I just can't get in touch with them. I'm sorry. What, what was your question? I totally blanked on that. No, you you answered the whole question. You, oh, you're, you're good. Go. Yeah, no, we um, gotcha. We gotcha. So you, you have had like other, you know, horror genre roles as in like the Piranha 3D remake. Uh, where you played? Hey, listen, I, you know. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't know if you guys are about to make fun of Piranha or if, no, not uh, at all. Any of your listeners no. are about to make fun of it. That movie is awesome. Directed by Greg Lavasseur and Alexandra Aja, mm-hmm. they are awesome. Go watch High Tension. Awesome for sure. French oh, film, big time. They are horror auteurs. I love those guys. I, I, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna really say something blasphemous. It may be the best horror movie I've been a part of. Oh, those guys no. are awesome. I don't like it at all when people on Twitter or something say rude things about that film. It was awesome. It was so much fun to make. Paul Shear and I, who plays my sort of like coworker, we had such a fun time doing that. It was. It had all the elements of a great horror film. It was sure. totally updated. Those guys are artists. They were coming in to make a spring break film and they wanted to really sort of like capture what American gluttonous spring break was and have a really bloody horror film around it. It's what a great experience. So oh, no. To watch true artists succeed. make a make a make a horror film. It was awesome. Oh, Fr- like, listen, what, man, what an incredible those, cast, too. Those French people make a great horror film. We were talking about this a little earlier. That raw R-A-W, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It is maybe one of the best horror films out there. Awesome. No, we are. I'm a huge fan of the Piranha, the first Piranha movie. Um, I, I actually wanted to ask you what it was like. The second uh, one, I take no credit for. I don't know what they were thinking <laughs> with that. Uh, what it, I, it has nothing to do with me. What I wanted to ask you was, what is it, what was it like kind of taking on that persona of, you know, kind of the Girls Gone Wild Joe Francis character? It was really fun at the time because that was, I mean, it was, that was the world back then, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really like, it was really, um, they were just fun characters from, I guess that was around 2009 that that came out. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
Jesus, that was 11 years ago. And um, <laughs> it was um, it was just such a fun it, it, it was just such a fun film. It was a fun shoot. I didn't go out as much with the cast because I was a little older and um, they were like kids and going out all night and I just couldn't do that. Yeah. But um, man, it was a uh, man, it was a fun shoot. And those two filmmakers, Alexandra Aja and Greg Greg Lavasseur, I, I you know I know they've made a bunch of films since then. I know they made that alligator movie in um, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Crawl. Uh, it, it came out this summer. What was it? Crawl. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little bummed that they haven't put me in one of their next films. We had a really, really, really good time. Well, here's calling them out right now. We need more Jerry O'Connell yeah, man, in the I'm horror movies. I work for those guys again. They were, they were true auteurs. We had a fun time making that movie. They let me go crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, now, I, I you was... Know, a- I, I, you, you know, I almost got sued for saying who I portrayed that character. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I don't say who I, who I was portraying and i don't think anybody remembers anyway because it was like 11 years ago and the person's sort of not in the public eye anymore but, yeah that's um, all gone to the wayside yeah um but um they really let me go crazy with that role oh that's, that's hilarious awesome. so funny a lot of times when you work on things you know directors and people go hey man take it down a notch just like you're like doing a little much and those guys were like just go <laughs> honestly pedal to the metal go oh yeah harder faster stronger go that's hilarious. I love it. Um, I was a backer of the Veronica Mars movie on on Kickstarter, and I know that you oh, cool. had a small role in that as Sheriff Dan Lamb. Um, were Were you involved with that cast? Like, how did you really get in as a part of that kind of like? It was the biggest Kickstarter of the time. Like, it, were you just part of that cast? Were you part of the fundraising? How did you? What was your involvement? First of all, why didn't you visit set? weren't all the fun weren't all the Kickstarters allowed to come to set? Uh, yeah, this was like when I was in college, and I couldn't even afford to take a plane to I'd anywhere. Have, so <laughs> I'd have lunch with a couple Kickstarter people on that show. Um, I don't know how that came about. I mean, I'm sure somebody must have fallen out because they called me kind of at the last minute, and I went in. I worked. Um, the guy who produced it, I worked for him. Oh, okay. Oh, God, what's his name? I worked for him, and they called me sort of at the last minute. It was really fun to, well, I mean, it was just fun to be a part of, um, you know, such a cult favorite, you know? Yeah. I, I have not watched a new one. Is it any good? Oh, I, I loved it. I know some people are a little uh, not happy with the ending, but I won't spoil anything. But um, I thought it was a great um, true-to-form back to the show. So I, I was really happy to see the movie made and then it lead to kind of a reboot. So hopefully you can come oh, back man. and be a part of it. My, uh, you know, during this quarantine, um, my wife and I have been, I mean, watching everything. I, I mean, I kind of told you about the horror rant that we went on. Um, these last few days, my wife is Dutch. So we watched the vanishing awesome original. Don't watch the Jeff Bridges one. Although I, I shouldn't say that maybe the Jeff Bridges one is good. Um, but, um, my wife is saying it's not as good. She's seen it. But, <laughs> and that original Dutch 88 version, you will never, I, I turned to my wife and kids. It's really, we have a terrible thing where we, our children are 11 and we make them watch these horror films. With us. We're really, like, someone's going to call child service. Oh, that's how I grew really up. Stuff after this quarantine. But I need them to know what the real world is like. That's true. Um, Raw, that French one, awesome. Let the Right One In, so that good. Swedish film. Man, those Swedes make a crazy horror movie. It is, it's, it's one of Bob the best Duke. horror films ever made. Ugh. I don't know what country Babadook came from. Oh, I think it was Australian, right? Yeah, Australia. Yeah, it was Australian. Woo! 
man, let me tell you, the international world with these horror films, really stepping it up. Really good stuff. Babadook, Raw, um, The Vanishing. Oh, you know what? I want to get into that Joel Egerton movie next. Um, Which one? I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Hey, hey, and Joel, Joel Egerton, do you hear this? You're on the show next, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we've been really having a, a good time. But I did not watch. Oh, but um, I, I do want to say we did start streaming The Tiger King on Netflix. And I know it's not horror, you know, it looks per crazy. se. But it, but it definitely has elements of horror to it. Oh, interesting. It's crazy. I haven't checked that one out yet. Oh, Jeez. dude. Dude, Tiger King. Don't even it looks, put it in it the queue. Just, just start watching. All right. I like going into things not knowing anything. That's like the most don't watch, satisfying. Don't know anything. Just go in. Yeah, Andrew, get ready for that one. Um, <laughs> and spe- really speaking good. of streaming stuff right now, on our favorite streaming service, Shudder, um, who will one oh, day yeah. be one of our um, one of our sponsors. Thank you, Shudder. <laughs> um, Satanic oh, Panic. what's up, Shudder? Yeah, Steve, Yo. thank you. Hear that? Hear that? Um, so Satanic Panic just premiered. Satanic Panic. It is crazy. Do you want to talk to the star of Satan? Come on. And we have it right here. Um, so- I'm sitting with the star of Satanic Panic, Rebecca Romaine, as oh we speak. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> what a great – Chelsea Stardust, who was our director and writer, I think, right? Chelsea wrote – oh, Chelsea didn't write it? Um, man, what a fun experience. Shot it in three weeks. Real horror using practical effects, and what that means is it's not, you know, a lot of computer-generated effects are used for these things. This is practical, pulling guts out of people's stomachs. Uh-huh. It's insane. I got to vape in it. I was very scared to vape because I don't smoke anymore, and they were like, okay, just vape this, and I was like, guys, I can't start vaping now. if I Like, I'm so afraid of being addicted to these things. Yeah. But um, they, they assured me there was no nicotine in my vape. And uh, it was like bubblegum flavored. It tasted pretty good. Although no one should vape. It's highly, <laughs> highly Yeah, it's funny, unhealthy. Jerry. I was thinking that when I, when I was watching you do the vape, I was like, damn, he vapes like a pro. I wonder if he actually <laughs> vapes. <laughs> no, I used to smoke. I don't do that anymore. Very bad for, you. for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, uh, great film. Really fun. Really fun to be a part of. And, and fun to sort of be on Ch- Chelsea Stardust's one of her early um, films, you know, she's, she's going to be a big, a, a big star. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, we, we both watched it in, you know, kind of cause it came on shutter and I had seen it once before cause I had rented it. Um, but we were very, it was so interesting because going into it, I mean, you are featured on the cover of the, the movie and your, your appearance is so wickedly short and it's so gross <laughs> what happens right. to you that I think that when people saw, you know, oh, Jerry O'Connell's in this and, you know, with Rebecca Romaine, his wife, this is amazing. But then all of a sudden you're just cut down by your own hand very quickly. Yeah, so. I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert, everybody. I don't want anybody getting mad at me. But I think that's also sort of like a, I think Scream sort of started doing that a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. putting Drew Barrymore on the cover of things. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, I think it's sort of, uh, I, I, when when you kill leads of films off, it sort of tells everyone, and anything can happen in this. Anyone's mm-hmm. anyone's fair game, you know. For sure, yeah. 
But yeah, um, I mean, was there any other like experience? I mean, th- this is such a a, a great little movie that that's really getting a lot of attention because of shutter and i think that people are really gonna enjoy it and i think that this filmmaker really has a a strong uh, entry into the horror genre what do you think is next for her i mean are you still gonna kind of align yourself with her and see if you can work with her again like what's that look like i hope so we had a really fun time uh we we had a really fun time doing it yeah yes i I hope so. Please hire, hire me. You know what's so funny about that horror genre and why I watch it so much? It's just emotionally the most satisfying. I, I, I actually I prefer it to comedies or anything else. That emotion of being scared. Man, when my wife and I were watching Babadook the other night, by the way, hardly any special effects in that film. Um, just frightening. Mm-hmm. Just a frightening film. Nothing Psych- more exciting about it. Psychologically terrifying. Oh man, my wife and I, we have the, my wife loves horror films and we love nothing more. I put her in the car. I don't tell her anything. And we go to see, we went to go see Hereditary and she had no clue what we were going to see. Oh no. (laughs) And that scene where, that scene where, um, um, what was the star of it? She's the Australian actress. Tony Collette. Tony Collette crawls across the ceiling silently. Oh yeah. That was, I mean, that was really frightening. Yeah. yeah. Really frightening. Maddie has an online petition to get her a, uh, an Oscar for that role. So she, she should have won Best Actress for that role in Hereditary. I will say it over and over again. It was like beyond Absolutely. just the most incredible performance from that year. She was just, especially, remember, remember the scene at the dinner table with them, the family together, and she just gets up and yells at the sun. Holy shit. Just it just knocks you out how good she was. I don't remember that scene, but I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit it very soon. <laughs> you should for sure. It's a good good quarantine film. Might might freak everybody out a little bit though. <laughs> <laughs> so of course we love um, you know I'm, it's it's a lot of fun to hear Rebecca like right in the background right now, which is kind of cool for us um, and for all of our listeners, I'm sure, because we we love you both obviously. Um, and now that your daughters, Dolly and Charlie, are, I think they're about 11 years old, have they had um, any interest in going into acting and into Hollywood? Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're both sort of in drama at school, and um, they enjoy it, you know. We'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think we're going to go full Olsen twin with them and like, start putting <laughs> them on auditions as kids. Um, but uh, but they enjoy it. And by the way, like my wife and I are good at like giving them advice and stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, on um, you know, um, you know, running lines with them and stuff. So yeah, they that's cool. It's, it's it's sort of a fun activity. I mean, I don't know if you you guys did drama, but it sort of gets you out of your um, yeah, out of your shell. You know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think Maddie has a lot more experience in in, in that. Oh yeah, um, I was I was a theater kid, big time. Yeah. <laughs> there, there we go. Uh, I I went to a, the smallest school possible, so we didn't even have a drama program. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so I know that you know I personally have seen you a lot on Andy Cohen's show uh, for Bravo, oh, yeah. and yeah. I know that you're a huge Housewife fan. But ultimately, for our fans, I need to know. What's your favorite season? What's your favorite city? 
A favorite city or favorite season? I got to tell you, um, this is a boring answer, but it changes, man, whichever, because the casts are always changing. Mm-hmm. So I never know. I can never, like, pin down. Right now, um, it's going to be a little blasphemous, what I'm going to say. I really <laughs> like that that Below Deck show. Not, oh, not I love Below Deck. <laughs> just a little more like it's like workplace stuff they all work on top of each other everybody's hooking up with each other it's really uh it's a little adult you know no offense to the other shows but you know a lot of them are like kids living in a house you know or like you know um you know i did like love is blind a lot on that netflix but um right now we're 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 really a a below deck family awesome are you watching the uh the sailing season yeah, of course. It's cool. Nice. Yeah, that's it's it I I truly appreciate whenever you go on Andy's show just because you are unashamed to admit that we you know we like to watch kind of these, you know, quote unquote trash television shows, but it's it's something to kind of turn our brain off and just kind of You know, it's 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 really funny. My wife really got me into watching basically New Jersey and Atlanta. I didn't really watch anything else. Then we met um we met Andy Cohen at a party and this is when he first started doing a show just once a week. And he said, um, Hey, will you come on my show? And, uh, it was like, yeah, sure. You know, it was just sort of like almost like a cable access show. Mm -hmm. And I had been watching New Jersey that season. And it was when Teresa Gudice, she's one of the famous ones who flipped the table and everything was getting (laughs) mad at her sister-in-law Melissa Gorga, who was sort of like the new cast member. And it was really scary that I said this, but I said, you know, hey, Teresa, this is like on air. I said, Teresa, you know, I know you're angry at your sister-in-law, but it's coming off like you're a little jealous of her, you know? And I said that to her, and I was a little scared saying it. Her husband was there in the front row, but I said it, and then I I came back home, and I used to take my kids to this um, 31 Flavors um, this uh, 31 Flavors place and this woman who worked there never talked to me. I would go in there every day and say hi to her all the time and she never really like acknowledged me. She'd just get my kids ice cream and that would be it. And I walked in after I did that show and she stopped and I went, you know, I, I think I had stopped even saying hi to her. And she stopped and she went, oh my God, I can't believe you said that to Teresa Gurice <laughs> on that show. And I was like, oh, and she went, it's what we've all been thinking, but you said it right to her face. Was it scary? And I couldn't believe, like, the energy that that had. Like, it was so fun to see the, um, the, uh, the, the excitement that it, um, uh, that it, uh, that it conjured in her. And I, I, I just always go on the show and try and chime in. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Whenever I can now. Now we know that you were just in a play that uh, you know that just wrapped. I don't know if it wrapped or if you guys paused or what, what happened with that. But um, what's what's next for you? I mean, what's on your docket? Kind of after all this Nothing. has gone Talking blown to over. You guys doing doing interviews with you guys. That is it. All right. Well, we'll we'll have you on weekly if you'll else. have us. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll look forward to this having you it. on again. But hey, Jerry, one one final question for you, just because, you know, people are going to be really excited to listen to this, and we all know what's going on. This, this is an unprecedented time for all of us. We've never gone through this before. People are scared. People are, you know, not knowing what to do. Um, they're feeling lonely. If you could give a message to everybody listening out there right now, what would it be? 
just stay home, everybody. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, go out for groceries, but like, come on, we're going to get through this. I actually watched, um, I mean, it's kind of a horror thing. I watched on PBS, they have that show American Experience, and it was about mm. the last influenza epidemic that we had. And it was, um, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was uncannily similar to what we're going through now. So mm. you can go watch that PBS American experience. I think it's called influenza. Sure. And I just, I just found that horror film that I was talking about earlier. It comes at night. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah sure. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Joel Egerton. I've never seen it. And also, you know, since since you're there with her, also do send our congratulations to Rebecca for her, you know, her recent Shutter exclusive. Yes. I think that's really awesome. Congrats on your Shutter exclusive, Becca. Everyone's saying it. Sat pants, sat pants, <laughs> satanic panic. Yes, yeah. Uh, and you can you can tell her right from me. She hasn't she hasn't aged a day. That woman is beautiful. True, beautiful. You say you're gorgeous. <laughs> it comes at night. That's 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 going to be our next one. Yeah, I I, I haven't. Awesome. You know, that was one that I kind of missed. So I think I'll go back to that one too. But uh, Jerry, yeah, I'm going to watch it tonight. It has been such a pleasure talking with you. You have no idea. Uh, this is you know we we saw you respond to our fri- our fine Friday and follow us, and I don't even think you know how much of a deal that was for us. So we having you on Hilarious. the show is just. It's just been such an honor. Thank you so much, fellas. Thank you, Jerry. Stay Thank safe. You. All right, Thank stay so safe much. out there. All right, and, and every, as always. Everyone out, and everyone out there, remember, care. please, to rate, review, and share. Of course, we're going to have more content coming to you very soon. Um, with everything going on, Andrew and I are, are working out the logistics of all of that. Um, take care of yourselves. Like Jerry said, stay home. Don't go out unless you really have to. Keep in contact with your friends. And, um, Andrew, I think you were about to say something there. Yeah, and as always, get slayed. Get slayed. We're a little off there, but that's fine. <laughs>